to the CND podcast. I'm Valeria Fiore and I'm the news editor at CND. Back at the pharmacy show in Birmingham last year, I sat down with Paul Summerfield, a pharmacist who wears many hats. Paul is currently a local pharmacist, visiting lecturer at the University of Reading, the director of the Pharmaceutical Defence, which is a company that offers legal advice to pharmacists, and he also sits on the English Pharmacy Board at the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. In this podcast, he tells CND how he made his career varied. Someone that was really inspiring was actually a good friend of mine at the time was his mum who trained to become a barrister. I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Combine pharmacy with the law. Surely that will give me a better understanding of what's going on. And it may actually help in my professional day-to-day life. So I decided to embark upon degrees in law. Then I went on to a degree in medical law. Then I went on to study for the bar vocational course, as it was then, now called the bar professional training course, back in 2000. And five, when I started, got called to the bar at Lincoln's in 2007. Now, unfortunately, after a couple of attempts trying to retain people, which is almost the trainee pharmacist stage of becoming a barrister, I wasn't successful. So after three attempts, I decided that that for me was enough. I wasn't going to pursue obtaining a practice certificate, but what I would do is I would set up my own company in order to specifically advise and to defend pharmacists, but that then expanded very quickly into other healthcare professionals. What year was that when you defended? That was 2012 when Pharmaceutical Defence Limited came into being, was incorporated into Companies House, and since then I've mixed the pharmacy side and the legal side to be able to not only inform my own practice but also to help other pharmacists or other healthcare professionals who are in need of representation. So you get a mixed bag? I do get a mixed bag but also I've been an academic tutor at one of the universities. I'm now a visiting lecturer teaching in law and ethics on the independent prescribing course at the University of Reading. Recently, I've been elected onto the English Pharmacy Board and I'll be sitting on the Pharmacy Board from 2021 till 2024. So that, in a nutshell, is where I am at this moment. Is it a rewarding career? Yes. The reason it's rewarding is because I've made it varied. You know, the old saying is variety is the spice of life and it is. A lot of talk at this moment is around portfolio working and certainly something I would recommend to any pharmacist. This may sound strange but don't just rely on one sector of pharmacy for your sole source of income or as your sole source of working. Look at other areas pursue those other areas. The big thing for me at the moment is pharmacists becoming independent prescribers. With my English Pharmacy Board member hat on, that is one of the things I ran in my campaign to ensure that all pharmacists have the opportunity to become independent prescribers by 2027. And it's something I'm very passionate about. I will be an independent prescriber myself this time next year. A little bit late to the game, but now is the right time to do it. I would encourage every pharmacist out there to become independent prescribers if they feel comfortable with it and 
to really look at what else they can do. The aim of the game, we're here for patients. We're not here for ourselves. We're not here to make umpteen amounts of money from umpteen different avenues. We're here for patients. That's what being a healthcare professional is about, to help increase and make sure that the patients who come see us are the healthiest they can be. And what will you tell those pharmacists to feel that they would really like to start an independent prescribing course, but unfortunately they feel that they don't quite have the time or cannot really take the time to get away from the daily responsibilities? It's all about work-life balance, but it's also about the forward thinking of around where do I see myself in five, ten years' time. I'm not talking about five-year career plans or ten years' career plans. I'm talking about where do you see yourself. What I am saying is how can you use your skills at this moment to benefit the patients who you serve? The independent prescribing course is intensive, not only from an intellectual point of view, but also time-intensive as well. Costing-wise, you have to look at how much is this going to cost but you've also got to take a step back and look at the horizon and think this is going to help my patients in the future but it's also going to help me. Is it going to make me have a better work-life balance? Most likely yes. Is it going to allow me in the future to possibly dial back on certain aspects of pharmacy but concentrate on another aspect or several more aspects of pharmacy? Yes. So am I going to have a better work-life balance in the future? Yes. It's all about looking into the future and thinking about how this is going to impact myself, but most importantly, how it's going to impact patients. That, to me, is a very important thing to think about. Job satisfaction. A lot of people mock it. Go for it. Do it. And as I keep on saying to people, as long as it's lawful, that's absolutely fine. In November last year, the English government pledged to invest almost 16 million into clinical training for community pharmacists, including independent prescribing training. Just last month, CND reported that Health Education England announced that community pharmacists in England can now apply for one of the 327 funded independent prescribing places, which are for courses starting this month. These places will be allocated on a first-come, first-served basis, but more will be made available in the autumn. While these finer details hadn't been released when I had the chat with Paul at the pharmacy show last year, he told me at the time that pharmacies shouldn't wait too long before they start their IP training. Funding will be made available to ensure that the pharmacist workforce is going to be IP ready. GPHC at this moment in time have got a consultation about removing or relaxing the two-year post-qualification requirement for newly qualified pharmacists to embark upon their independent prescribing courses and embark upon their future career. That's a good thing. It will allow everybody to be IP ready by a certain date. If I was advising somebody who had the money, I'd be saying, do it tomorrow. If I'm advising somebody who hasn't got the funding behind them, and the vast majority of pharmacists haven't got the funding, this perception of pharmacists are the richest people within professions, no, that's not the case. So yes, hang around, but what I would say is don't hang around for too long. It's going to take six to eight months to become an IP. So we're now looking a good 12, 18, 24 months down the line. That's going to take us into 2024. Your pharmacists are going to be qualified as IPs out straight out of university and out of foundation by 2027. 
you're going to have to have that little bit of experience or else everybody's going to be clambering at 2027 to find that experience and it's going to create an almost perfect storm where we're going to have IP qualified pharmacists with nobody to take them on board in order to train them further. Keep an eye out also on releases from GPHC, from RPS. A lot of resources out there already and I know RPS are looking into this very, very deeply and to how to support independent prescribers. And of course GPHC is the regulator, they're there as the regulator, they're not there to represent us, but they are there to ensure that anybody who embarks upon independent prescribing course has the necessary relevant training in order to ensure that they are a safe and effective IP. Summerfield. We will take upon his advice and start your independent prescribing training in the near future. Or would you argue that not all pharmacists should become independent prescribers? If you'd like to discuss this issue more in depth with your peers, join us for a virtual debate on the CND community on the 16th of February. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on SoundCloud or on your preferred app. Thank you for listening.